Summer driving is here, and so are the red-hot deals on the best tire brands at Dobbs. Money saver June deals on new sets of Goodyear, Cooper, Continental, Michelin, and Pirelli tires. Click on GoToDobbs.com to find your next set of tires today. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is a character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. A fresh perspective on the day's biggest stories. It's character and Smallman's Fresh Take. Powered by Schnucks. Eat good to feel great at Schnucks on 101 ESPN. 801, 802 now on 101 ESPN with Michelle and Randy. Great to have you with us. As we bring you today's fresh take, and we're both excited to hear about the prospect, and we don't know what the percentage is of the possibility of the XFL coming back, but Michelle, we're both excited about the idea of being able to do caca for the team again. Randy, I've been cacawing even in the absence of the team. Oh, of course. I still wear my Battlehawks gear all the time. I I tweeted this when it happened. It's like a true love and the battle hawks are the one that got away you know the way they came into this city and the way the city embraced them and it happened so quickly and the bond was so genuine was unlike anything i've ever seen you knew that the xfl would have success in st louis but i don't think we realized or they realized just how intense it would be and how passionate it would be Mm -hmm. and how much the city would really throw themselves into this this xfl experience if you will and we want to hear your mic drops like Michelle said, they were kind of the one that got away. But if they come back and say, we'd love to have you back, could you do it again? And we get a mic drop from Matt here on 101 ESPN. Good morning, guys. So you asked if we could trust the XFL again. Would we make the investment? And my answer is an astounding absolutely yes, I would. And the biggest reason is because even though we didn't make it through a full season, the team and the relationship with the city was incredible. The team itself was incredible, and I don't blame them for having to cancel the season or whatever happened because of the pandemic. And it's probably, from a sports fan's perspective, from our perspective, better to look beyond the business side. We always talk about how we don't like the business, but we love the game. Mm -hmm. Hey, just enjoy the game then. Right, and if we if we just look at it from that perspective and leave out the savvy or maybe unscrupulous business moves by Vince McMahon and just say, "Hey, we got our team," that's the way to look at it. Exactly, and when you think about the fa- the pandemic was out of their control. The factors that were placed in front of them were out of their control, and they, as a new league, as a league who didn't even have a full season under their belt, had to react accordingly. But you have to think about everything up until that point. And everything up until that point was done, not only correctly, but to perfection. The way that they spoke to the fans about what they wanted in the game day experience, the way they constructed the team, the way the team was playing, the actual game day experience. The Battlehawks and the XFL 
Bell, we can only speak from St. Louis's vantage point, was a roaring success. And I don't wonder if the XFL, when they come back, is a league that might be primed to have even more success. Because when you think about when fans are going to be allowed back into the stands, a lot of people are dealing with tough financial decisions these days. A lot of people, when sports does return, is going to have to make that choice about their income. Do I want to spend the money to go back to a game? And the XFL was already an affordable product. You could get tickets for 25 bucks to get into the stadium. So they really made it a point of contention to say, we want this to be a family-friendly experience. We want people to be able to in an affordable manner, bring their family down to the dome and enjoy professional football. And I know that they're going to take that approach again moving forward. So if it's cheaper to go to the Battlehawks game than it would be to go to maybe another professional sporting event and they're coming back into mm-hmm. town, I just, I don't wonder if they might have an advantage there. A couple of texts from the 636. I got my season ticket holder refund less than two weeks after it was announced. I definitely buy right back in and I'm just worried I wouldn't get as good a seats as most people <laughs> will probably buy in earlier. Also, do we get to keep the season ticket holder mural from last season? Because I loved that. Yeah, that was great. And uh, I would, I can tell you, I can guarantee you that if Kurt Hunziker is back as the team president, you're going to be right where you were. Kurt is great about taking care of fans. He's the most fan-friendly executive there is. He's he's unbelievably amazing at his job. And I think, if you think that that was the starting point for Kurt and what he built in St. Louis and what he was able to execute with the Battlehawks, think about if he were to come back what he and the Battlehawks organization would have been able to build and, you know, project down the line three years from now what it would have been able to look like. Obviously, social media has a lot of Battlehawk pages and this from the 636 everything i've been reading a majority of fans want the battle hawks back and uh, just one other one uh why not get some other investors involved uh, i think that uh, vince mcmahon should get other big money people and media people involved and i don't know how the business part of that would work but i do know that historically with both iterations so far of the xfl vince mcmahon has wanted to oversee everything Yes, that's true. I think that if if this were to come back, it's kind of a three-pronged approach for it to have success. First of all, you need to have fans in the stand. You have to have fan support. And while they had great success in places like Seattle and St. Louis, I think they might be reconsidering moving a couple. You don't need L.A. You don't need L.A. You don't even really need New York. In New York, I think they were talking about moving into the Red Bulls soccer stadium. Interesting, which would be better. And you probably... Dallas and Houston, that's football country. I think they can make those work. But if I were the league, like Tampa Bay wasn't drawing, use some of that SEC country. Either move into North Florida or maybe even to Birmingham. That's what I thought. And go to a place where they don't have major league sports. Not only they they don't have it, but there's nothing in the spring to compete with in a, a city like Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah. And Birmingham's sneaky cute. It's, it's, yeah, it's a good good town. It is a good town. You you also need the product on the field to be good, and that's what the the XFL, at least from San, the St. Louis point, it was it was a good football product. And third, and maybe most important, you need the network support and they had unbelievable network support before the ratings were great and I love the innovation that they had with the broadcast with having to interview players right away the way that they had people mic'd up I think from from a broadcast standpoint it was a great success and I think that if you're Vince McMahon and you're looking at that and how you would generate revenue from that standpoint that's definitely something you want to revisit. Other sports that we wish we had right now Woj reporting Adrian Wojnowski reporting 
Thank you. Uh, the NBA teams are expecting the league office will issue guidelines around June 1st that will allow franchises to start bringing back players who have left their markets, and they would expect to start playing before August 1st. They play some regular season games and have an NBA champion. Sounds good to me. And in baseball, we don't know what the heck's going on. <laughs> no. Because there seems to be a different story every day. Here's ESPN's Buster Only yesterday on the Will Kane Show. Well, here's the reality of where the players sit. Let's say that, um, you know, they stand on principle and they squeeze the owners in this moment. You know and I know when the leverage pendulum switches back in the fall or in the fall of 2021 when the uh, CBA expires, the owners will be coming. <laughs> And in the recent years, we've seen the value of free agency really be diminished for the players. I think if they could uh, negotiate some mechanisms which help the free agents for this fall, and by the way, you know, as teams look to offset financial losses from this year, that obviously is not going to involve the young players who don't get paid that much. It does involve the players who have existing multi-year contracts. Who are the guys who are going to pay for that? It's the free agents. It's the guys who are 30 years old and they hit the open market. And teams are like, nope, sorry, don't have that money. So if the players could parlay their uh, leverage of the moment into helping out those free agents in the fall of 20 and 21, I think that'd be really valuable for them. Here's what I don't understand about the players' stance. Major League Baseball salaries have dropped for the last two years. And we have seen that the algorithms, the analytics show that teams, well, teams are having an algorithm that shows players that are older than 30 years old are worth paying. Last year, Major League players made as a, an aggregate $4 billion. League revenues were $10.7 billion. If you could get a 50-50 split and get that guarantee that you would get half of that $10.7 billion and you're aggregate salary is only going to go down why wouldn't you take that guarantee and then ask for guarantees with a floor like the nfl has that each team has to spend up to i think it's 99 percent of the cap over the course of a three-year period it seems silly to me for players to think that at some point owners are going to get so competitive that they're going to spend more than the five and a half billion dollars that's a billion and a half more than they paid last year. They aren't going to pay more, a higher percentage. So take the 50-50 split and get the guarantee. Yeah, because that's what we see out of owners, that they're so much, they're willing to spend more money, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I think that what Passon said, the, the word that he used there that I think is very interesting is the pendulum. Because every day the pendulum swings one way or the other. And while I understand from the player's perspective, you don't necessarily want to concede anything or, you know, negotiate in good faith with the owners because it's not necessarily a relationship that you genuinely trust. It's not, you don't trust that they have your right. best interests at heart. I understand that. I also don't wonder if we are we are in unprecedented times with a lot of different things that if, if one side concedes one thing and then the players say, hey, we're going to concede this, but just know that coming up whenever we do renegotiate this, this is... There's something that can be put in writing saying, we have conceded this this time. When this comes up again, we mandate X, Y, Z. And that's when they negotiate next year. Yeah. That's going to be a, a bear of a negotiation for both sides. Meanwhile, what do you prefer between 
unprecedented times, uncertain times, or difficult times? We hear all three. Do you have one that stands out to you as one that you use on a regular basis? I, I use unprecedented simply because I hear it a lot. And uh, as we've seen on Twitter, I want to get back to precedented times. So it's unprecedented, uncertain, and what was the third difficult. option? Difficult. Okay, so uncertain is out the window for me because it's too light of a term. I mean, this is what we're living in right now is way more than uncertain. Yeah, it is. Um, it is more than difficult for a lot of people. I think unprecedented more accurately describes what we're dealing with because in no way in our lifetime did most people ever think that this would happen and or know how to navigate what we're dealing with on a daily basis. So yeah, it is unprecedented. I often think about the fact that we're walking around with masks and it's just so unbelievable to me. I, I would have never dreamed in a million years that we would be walking around our office or out in grocery stores wearing masks in this world. It feels like an alternate universe. The it first does. time that I had to go to the store and wear a mask and gloves and stand in line outside, and it was like a club, one in, one out, where you're standing six feet apart from people, I thought... It is unbelievable to me that weeks ago I was driving around, popping in and out of places with abandon, with not a care in the world. And now we're being so careful about every decision we make and we're intentional about every move we make. And it's just, it's a different life. And I don't think it's going to change. I think there are going to be, even when things open up, there are going to be people, we're going to go to baseball games and people will be wearing masks mm -hmm. because they're living in that fear. Man. And that's, that's unprecedented. That is unprecedented. That's Michelle. I'm Randy. And that is our fresh take here for this Thursday morning on 101 ESPN. Tomorrow morning, by the way, and we aren't here on, we're airing a bunch of blues games on Monday on Memorial Day. Memorial Day is Monday. And tomorrow morning at 845, we're going to have Keith Brockman. And Keith is the head chef, grill master over at the Weber Grill facility, the, the teaching facility over at the Galleria. And if you have any questions about what you're going to do in terms of grilling or barbecuing this weekend, uh, we'll have a guy to answer questions for you tomorrow at 845 here on 101 ESPN. Not only a guy, the guy. The guy. It's going to be awesome. Next up, Chris Kerber, the voice of the blues on 101 ESPN. This is Carriker and Smallman. We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues Booth. The Blues Booth presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors. The home show sale is going on now at Boardwalk Hardwood Floors. Update your home with savings on all types of flooring, including solid, reclaimed, wide plank, and more. Visit one of the showrooms in Crestwood, Manchester, St. Peter's, or online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. Boardwalk Hardwood Floors. Great floors for every home with better selection, better value, and the best service. Service. Tonight here on 101 ESPN, play Gloria, the St. Louis Blues run to the cup will be game number five between the Blues and the Sharks last year. That game was on this day, or no, it's on this date tonight. Uh, the Jaden Schwartz hat trick game, game five between the Blues and the Sharks, and the Blues really took it to him physically. Michelle and Randy with you, and we head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, and the voice of the Blues here on 101 ESPN, Chris Kerber standing by to join us. Kerbs, how are you doing this morning? Doing good, Randy. I'm chasing moles around the yard like, Crazy Carl chased golfers or caddy shack. Like these things are beating me pretty good. I want you to kill all the golfers <laughs> on the course, <laughs> sir. They put me in jail and throw away the key. <laughs> I'm looking at going. How'd you get over there? <laughs> Curves. Let's talk more about these moles. Are they? You're causing destruction in the backyard. What's the deal here? 
Yeah, I think they're just, uh, I, I don't know, they're, they're, they're coming in from the neighbor's yard on the backside, and, uh, you know, every now and then you just wake up and you're like, oh, there's an owl there. So uh, they're, they're giving me some adventure, which is a good thing. And what's your approach here in trying to eliminate <laughs> them? Um, I, I flooded one out last, and that one was kind of wild to see. They, they came up the hill, so I just put a hose in it, and eventually they ran down you saw it dig out. And then, uh, no, I'm just doing the old-fashioned bull trap, which might tick some people off, but... Uh, um, that's life. Well, <laughs> or the end of their life, I guess. Uh, Curves, another random question for you. Randy and I were just talking about Memorial Day, about the art of grilling. Are you a grill master yourself? And if so, do you have a, a dish that you like to cook? I, I would never claim to be a grill master. Uh, I do like grilling. I do like cooking, actually. So uh, what I've... What I've I haven't mastered, but gotten to, uh, to the point that, uh, that at least uh, people like it is I've I slow cook the ribs on on my Weber kettle, so I'll, you know, uh, I'll I'll put the coals on one side. Put I can hold about three slabs on the other side, and over about four or five hours, uh, slow cook some ribs. And uh, that that one took a little while. I figured out how to turn my Weber kettle into a smoker and uh, and smoke some trout. That that was that's a fun Ooh, way to do beautiful. it. That's so, beautiful. Yeah, I like messing around with it a little bit. Curbs. The game that we're going to air tonight air uh, was last May nineteenth. The Blues beat the Sharks in Game Five, five to nothing. And when you look at the entirety of the twenty six postseason games, that one might have been the most dominant performance by the Blues. I think it really was uh, when you look at what they did uh, on the score sheet defensively, uh, and and then of course physically. That by the time that game ended in San Jose, the Sharks only had nine players on their bench. I mean, so they had, they had that many guys have to go to the locker room because they just could not physically finish the game. And and that's what stands out. That, that was the game where they broke the San Jose Sharks. They might have broken their organization, to be honest with you, yeah. when you look at what happened to San Jose over the course of the current season. We're waiting to resume. Uh, but it was really such a, a dominating performance all the way around. And, you know, uh, just just the way that they, they withstood the pressure and then took it to them and... You know, what was really phenomenal was after that hand pass game, Randy, from through games four, five, and six of that series, the St. Louis Blues outscored the San Jose Sharks nine to two the rest of the series. Wow. They allowed two goals the rest of the series. Curbs, when I look at that series, are really just the blue style of play in general. You know, they play such a physical style of play. And when I think about when hockey will resume, I try to find a silver lining in all of this. And I don't wonder if it's it's kind of a blessing in disguise for the Blues. You know, you had such a, a demanding style of play down the stretch, and then a short, short off season, and then obviously the the full not the full season, but the length of the season that they went through. I don't wonder if if a break and a little freshness might not do these. Blues lose some good you know what the, the problem is though michelle is everybody else, else had it so I, I frankly think it's it's a disadvantage to to some degree because every other team is going to be just as rested what i think is in the advantage of the st louis blues and the boston bruins is uh, the veteran nature of their leadership and the experience uh, factor like i just don't think the blues are going to have a problem picking things up and getting going again i really don't uh They've just they they've just had this moxie to be able to handle whatever comes their way. Now the biggest challenge is going to be, for example, you're not going into a playoff series where other teams are nicked up and banged up. You know, you're, you're not getting going in against Colorado with a Nathan McKinnon who uh, who is questionable. You know, or you're not going into a 
series against Tampa Bay with a, an unhealthy Steven Stamkos. You're, you're going in where everybody else is healthy. And as a matter of fact, players like the or teams like the Columbus Blue Jackets, who may not have had Seth Jones available or, or even at, you know, at 100%, now get him back at 100%. So I do think that if and when this thing gets going again, and, I, and again, guys, I am very confident that it is going to get going. Um, I, I think what you could end up seeing, honestly, is the hardest Stanley Cup championship to win, just because all these teams are going to have health and rest at their side, which has just never happened before. And I do like the idea the latest proposal seems to be the one that they're leaning toward where the top four teams in each conference would essentially play a round-robin tournament, and we don't know if it has meaning in regards to seeding or not, but then the bottom eight would play to get into the 16-team tournament, and it would be a best of five. So you'd have Dallas against Chicago, five versus 12 in that five uh, best of five tournament in the first round, best of five series. I I like the fact, at at least better, that the Blues will get an opportunity to play some games before playing a playoff game. And they have to. I think we talked about this earlier in the week. You can't, you cannot have those uh, those teams battling for a lower seed in the playoffs play while the other teams are waiting. Because, like we said, uh, you know, if if it's a team, if it's the National Predators and Pecorino gets three games to hone in because they're going for the eighth seed, and then you go in and you have to play the St. Louis Blues, and the Blues are playing in their first game, but you played three. There's a real competitive disadvantage. But but to be honest with you, Randy, I hope that. I don't want to see the top seeds play the top seeds in, in the play-in round robin stuff. I, I mean, I save that for the playoffs. I mean, if you want, I want to see, for example, if you want, if you want to expand this thing to twenty-four teams, and then the Chicago's, the Montreal's, the teams that were on the outside looking in that are at five hundred, then they, they they should be playing the Blues and the the Bruins and, and and those other teams. And if they want to get into the playoffs, then beat the better teams. That, that's the way I look at it. I, I sure as heck don't want to see. You know, it almost kind of split where these top teams are going to beat up on each other for a few games, uh, and, and then we're going to see those teams play again. I, I think I'd like to kind of see it the other way, where if you were on that bubble trying to earn it, well, you got to beat one of the best teams in the league to get in. And I think that if you're going to do that, that aspect adds legitimacy to that team making it in the playoffs if they were a real bubble team going into the pause. I, I like that idea, but the only way to make it work, because you can't, cut from 12 to 2. You're going from 12 to 6, 6 to 3. So at some point, you're going to have to have teams that have a bye or aren't playing real games. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, listen. There is not a perfect scenario to it. You are going to have to have a team. Well, I like the idea of them getting down to 16 teams. You know, I like the idea of however they play some kind of round-robin thing, getting it down to 16 teams. I'd have no problem with that as well. But but if if another team, you know, if you've played a series of games and then another team has to play an extra game or two to get in, at least you've played some games. So there will be no perfect scenario. When I talked to Doug Armstrong earlier in the week and we played the interview on the uh, on this week in hockey, you know, they're, they're taking the right approach too. Eventually, you're just going to have to accept and say, hey, what is good for the game? What is good for the league? And that's going to have to outweigh. Uh, certain imbalances that may seem a little unfair from a local or franchise standpoint. Curbs, thanks so much for the time. Have a great Memorial Day weekend, and we will talk to you again next week. Okay, you two the same, and we'll talk to you during the week. Go get those moles, man.
I'm going to go get them. <laughs> we'll see you, brother. That's the voice right. of the Blues, Chris Kerber here on 101 ESPN. Don't forget Blue Sharks Game 5 tonight. That's Jaden Schwartz hat trick. And then tomorrow night, the Blues advance to the Stanley Cup Finals. Where were you when that happened? I was with you, Mr. Carriker. <laughs> we were on the concourse celebrating with fans. It was awesome. And we'll air that game tomorrow, Blue Sharks Game 6. And uh, you'll hear it here with the pregame at 6, the play-by-play at 7 on 101 ESPN. I believe we have a new fighter for the fight. We got a text. I want you to uh, react to this, Michelle. Okay. Uh, we had a text that uh, says the fight is kind of uh, just kind of meh. So, uh, <laughs> good morning, Randy and Michelle. This is old redhead, and he says I have an idea for Randy's fight segment. Since the switch and the new show, Randy's Rumble or Randy's Morning Rumble or Randy's Rumble in the morning. Hmm. I like the creativity. I like options, but. You know, we have to respect the opponent. We can't just put your name on it because Agreed. there's two people contributing to the fight. So that's my only thing about putting it Randy's fight or Randy's rumble. Yeah. Because while you are mega mind and you win 99% of the time, it's still, you know, let's respect the fighter here. Let's respect the process. It did get branded as the fight with the four o'clock fight, but the fight is just. I don't disagree with uh, Old Red, and thank you very much for the text, 65780. But we just can't, I want something that has an alliterative, like we thought about like the breakfast battle, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but that doesn't have the oomph that I'm looking for either. I think we need to find something where that we all agree that the the name has a little oomph to it. So right now we're just going with the fight. Well, we do have the BLIS, Randy, the best listeners in sports. We so do. if you have a suggestion for how to rebrand the fight, hit us up. Yeah, 65780. Or we love your mic drops. And we do want to hear from you about the XFL. Are you going to be all in or are you burned once, twice shy with the XFL? You can send us a mic drop. We're going to use those at 845 this morning. And all you have to do... Is download the 101 ESPN app and then use that mic drop feature to send us a Rhino Shield mic drop here with Randy and Michelle on 101 ESPN. Yeah, it's free. What are you waiting for? Yeah, it's, we, we all love free stuff. I'm going to put on my mask and go out in the hall. You guys can ask <laughs> questions for the fight on 101 ESPN. Think you can beat down Carriker? We sure hope you can. The Fight with Carriker, brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Your best choice for quality tires and expert auto service. Dobbs on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Carriker and Smallman here on 101 ESPN. It's 835, which means it's time for the fight. Before we introduce Randy's challenger today, let's bring in Colin here. Colin, what are we fighting for today? Today, our winner receives a gift card to BT's local restaurant pick of the week, Cybergs. Experience Cybergs' famous wing sauce. All Missouri Cybergs locations are now open for dine-in with limited seating, following guidelines and social distancing, while still offering carry-out and curbside pickup. We also have a chance for you to score a gift card all week on the 101 ESPN app for everyone not playing in the fight today. Enter the code word BT. That's BT spelled BT, as Freeze Pops would say. One more time, BT. And Colin, you are our stats and information department, (laughs) as well as keeping us on the air. You're a slashy. You have a lot of different titles here. So before we bring in our challenger, what is Randy's current record in the fight? Randy is up to 11-2 and after yet another clean sweep yesterday. So right back on a roll after dropping one a couple days ago. Well, let's see if Neil can derail him. Neil, good morning. How are you doing today? Chills. 
Neil, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, cool. How are you feeling today? I'm doing great. Awesome. You ready to go? Let's go. Let's All right. Do this. Let's do this. Question number one. On this day in 2001, the Colorado Avalanche beat the St. Louis Blues 2-1 to one in Game 5 of the Western Conference Finals, advancing to the Stanley Cup Finals. Who led the Blues in points in that 2001 season? Was it Chris Pronger, Pierre Turgeon, or Al McGinnis? I'm going to take Al McGinnis. Question number two, Neil. Who was the last St. Louis Cardinal to hit for the cycle? Was it Mark Gruzelanek, Scott Rowland, or Hector Luna? I think it was Mark Gruzelanek. Question number three, Neil. Cardinals reliever Andrew Miller turns 35 today. Shout out to him. Happy birthday. Which team did Miller last pitch for before signing with St. Louis? Was it the Yankees, the Orioles, or the Indians? Ooh. Um... I'm going to take either the Yankees or Indians. I'm going to go with the Yankees. Question number four, Neil. Which former Cardinal was part owner of the St. Louis Steamers indoor soccer team from 1980 to 1930? Was it Bob Gibson? 1983. Excuse me, to 1983. <laughs> Just want to clarify. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Was it Bob Gibson, Stan Musial, or Lou Brock? Um, I'm going to say it was Stan. All right. Colin is on his way to retrieve Randy. Neil, now that you've heard the questions, confidence check. How are you feeling? Uh, I don't know. Seven out of, I don't know. I feel pretty good. I don't know. I feel Come pretty on. good. Well, you should. You should three, three out of four, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You never really know. Even even when I no. read them, I never know. All right. Randy is here. <laughs> Randy is here. Randy, say hello to Neil, your competition today. Hi, Neil. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing well, Randy. Great. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Question number one, Randy, on this day in 2001, the Colorado Avalanche beat the St. Louis Blues 2-1 to one in Game 5 of the Western Conference Finals. Darn it. I know, right? Advancing to the Stanley Cup Finals. Who led the Blues in points that 2001 season? 2001, they got Big Walt down the stretch of that year. We're talking either Demetra or Terjan. And I think that I will go with Pavel, Dimitra. Question number two, Randy. Who was the last St. Louis Cardinal to hit for the cycle? Mark Gretzelonic did it. 2005, I think. Uh, Randy, today is Andrew Miller's 35th birthday. Hey, Andrew. Shout out. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. Which team did he last pitch for before signing with St. Louis? Cleveland Indians. And question number four, which former Cardinal was part owner of the St. Louis Steamers indoor soccer team from 1980 to 1983? Okay, you actually had a couple of former Cardinals, but that initial group included Stan the Man. Lou Brock actually wound up being a part owner of the Steamers as well, but I think in that initial ownership group, Stan the Man was uh, a part owner. We've got a winner. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. Neil, I'm so sorry. He just edged you out three to two. Question number one, who led the Blues in points that 2001 season? Pierre Turgeon did with 82 points. So you were on the right track there. It was Mark Grudzlanek in April of 2005, April 27th. He was the last Cardinal to hit for the cycle. Andrew Miller, before he came to St. Louis, last pitch with the Cleveland Indians. And it was Stan the Man Usual, who was part owner of the Steamers from 1980 to 1983. Neil, thank you so much for playing today. Thank you, guys.
All right, Neil, great to have you with us here on 101 ESPN. We get a text here. I keep texting, trying to get on the fight. I've tried numerous times in the afternoon and a couple of times now in the morning. And Derek, just keep trying because there are a lot of people that try to get in on the fight. And all you need to do is, like about 8 o'clock, text us. Uh, Freeze Pops, uh, about 8 o'clock, is that a good time? 7.30 to text the word FIGHT to 65780? That works. I'll get him in there. Yeah. So just maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I got to memorize your number. I guess yeah, it, it, it's all random. But we do really appreciate you listening, and we appreciate you trying. The other day, here uh, in the studio, we were talking about our favorite Entenmann's donuts, and I was at the store yesterday, and I, I went by the Entenmann's uh, display, and I said, wow, I gotta get those, because Michelle talked about those uh, little crummy ones. They are crummy, but they have crumbs. <laughs> they are crumb, crumby, not crummy. Yeah, crumb, crumb right. Crumb yes. So yeah, we've got our, our Entenmann's donuts. Even I hope the boss isn't listening, because he just sent out an email yesterday <laughs> saying everything that you bring in should be individually wrapped. Now, well, I know we're kind of breaking the rules here. Sorry, bosses, if you're listening. But uh, I know that we will be enjoying these donuts. I'm saving mine for a treat towards the end of the show because I know if I crack that box open, I'm not going to be able to stop. Colin has enjoyed one. Randy, have you enjoyed one? I have enjoyed one. And which one did you choose? I had the one with the sprinkles, the chocolate with the sprinkles on it. It was delicious. I was going to say. You know, what's our score here? Oh, they know what they're doing at Engineman's. They so really do. On a uh, on a scale of 1 to 10 in terms of donuts, I'm going to go, it, it's not the perfect donut because the perfect donut is completely fresh. But in, let's just go with the donut that is made and put in a box with preservatives. On that relative scale, mm-hmm. I'm going to say that Entenmann's is probably like a 9. See... I think when you take the crumby donut mm-hmm. out of the box and you heat it up, it adds that freshness factor. Mm-hmm. 13 seconds again, for those wondering at home, Entman's Donut, Crumb Donut, 13 seconds in the microwave. To me, that's a 10 of 10. Wow. Because, you know, once you heat it up, it kind of, it reactivates it in a way. Congratulations to Entman's. <laughs> yeah, shout out to them. Michelle has found a 10. <laughs> <laughs> but see, there's something about... Some of the fresh donuts that you get, whether it's the glaze or the frosting on the top, is too sugary for me. And while Entenmann certainly has some sugar, I think because there's kind of a powder aspect that then gets it gets uh, a different look to it once you heat it up. It's not as sugary. Like the the refreshness of it takes a little bit of the sugar out. I appreciate your expertise here. Thank you. Yeah, I've eaten a lot of donuts in my day. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> a good thing. That's You're enjoying life. That's uh, Michelle. I'm Randy. It's 101 ESPN. Coming up, can you ever trust the XFL again? We want your mic drops, and we want to hear from you on the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. And we also had an interesting comment from Benji Molina about his brother Yachty yesterday. And if Yachty's back in 2022 or if he's not, what do the Cardinals look like? We'll have both of those for you next on 101 ESPN. You have today and tomorrow to order your Dunctionary t-shirt at 101ESPN.com. They're back for a limited time. That would be today and tomorrow. That's pretty limited to order your Dunk. Dick uh, Dunctionary t-shirt and it'll benefit the Chris Duncan Memorial Scholarship Fund now through tomorrow. Order that t-shirt courtesy of our friends at MPG Tandem. Proceeds from all sales donated to the scholarship fund and you can buy it. Just go to 101ESPN.com and it's right there on the front. I'm getting one. 
Yeah, you have to get one. Got to get a dunctionary t-shirt. Have to get one. All right, we want to know from you if you are on board, if the XFL comes back. This text from the Air Comfort Service text line 65780, if the Battlehawks are back, I'm 100% more than ever. If the XFL is back and no Battlehawks, it'll be more hated than the NFL. Oh, I don't know well, about that one. They've already called St. Louis and asked about yeah. renewing the lease. So I think they'll, they want to be back in St. Louis and Seattle. Those are two that we know for sure. It would be a bad business decision for them to not return to St. Louis. St. Louis was a shining star in all of this. As a former, this one from the 636, as a former 21-year PSL holder for the Rams, we bought two Battlehawks season tickets right away. Loved the games and would be absolutely all in if they came back. Cuckoo! Is it just... Elevate your mood to yell cacao. It does. And that was the one thing about those games is I knew, obviously, working here and listening to fans talk about the Battle Hawks, I, we knew cacao existed. We knew it was a thing. Until we got in that dome, I didn't realize the life that cacao had taken on when you saw people with signs that had said the bird's nest and you mm-hmm. saw people dressed as birds and everyone was screaming cacao. You thought, wow, this is something that. It was so organic the way that it happened. Do we did we ever find out the origin of Kaka? Kaka. The fast lane. It was the fast lane. Yeah. Okay, can you tell me the story? Because people have asked me where did Kaka come from. I don't know where it started. I just started screaming it, and I was like, kind of me too. But I think it started on our station. So can you give yeah, that backstory? Well, it started vocally on our station. Actually, I think the it, the credit goes to one of the Battlehawks Facebook team pages. It was written about, I think, in the Riverfront Times. Ronj reads the story about how somebody has written Kaka, and then somebody on the show said Kaka, and then everybody started using the mic drop to use Kaka. We had Jordan Te'amu come in on the the day that he was announced as the quarterback and had him say Kaka, and then it just went crazy. And then all of a sudden you've got Golik Sr. wearing the Kaka t-shirt on the show. So there you go. Yeah. S- started here. It did. You heard it here first, people. And Kaka, as, as a Kaka, matter of fact, Kaka. Uh, Kurt, went, <laughs> Kurt Hunziker went to a league meeting and said, somebody, another Per team said, where'd that come from? And he said, well, we didn't start it. And it told the story about how it just kind of organically grew from 101 ESPN in the fast lane into a citywide phenomenon. You know how many teams or businesses pay tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars to try and come up with something that fans rally behind and that they identify with? Yep. And here, Kaka just happened. It happened organically. Just the, just the way the Battlehawks grew here in St. Louis, the their identity was very, very natural and organic here. And because of that, are you willing to come back? Here's Joshua with a mic drop. I just have two words. Cautious optimism. You know, I love what the Battlehawks did for the city and holistically. Endearment for that team grew fast, but it was for the team, not the league. You know, maybe it was shrewd business tactics on McMahon's part, but going forward, they have to reassess which markets to target. Cities like St. Louis that have a thirst for football, professional football, will support a team both physically and with the ratings. TV's where the money's at. Joshua, you're 100% right, and that's one of the problems with L.A. is because they weren't even getting TV ratings in the number two market. People in L.A. apparently just aren't big football fans, and certainly with a couple of NFL teams, this was just part of the scene out there. But you've got the Lakers playing, you've got the 
Clippers playing. You've got the Kings and the Ducks playing at the same time. There were a lot of options before you got to the L.A. Avengers, was it? Wildcats. Wildcats, okay. So, <laughs> See, we don't even know. No. I, I think that it would be very easy to put a team on the West Coast and have it succeed, but that's not the market. They would be better off in Oakland if they're going to be on the West Coast. Move into Oakland. Well, you saw part of the reason that the success was so vast here in St. Louis mm-hmm. is because there, there was that revenge factor. There was that, okay, we're going to prove the NFL wrong. We're going to show them why they made a mistake. And the situation in Oakland wasn't due to lack of fan support. They have amazing Raiders fans in Oakland. So yeah, if you were to bring an XFL team there and follow the same model that you did with St. Louis, Mm -hmm. saying, hey, we understand that you were done wrong. We understand that this was out of your control and that you are passionate football fans. What can we do to curate a game day experience for you? I think that they would have great success there. Another text is from the 618, and I buy into this. This is completely reasonable. Sorry, guys, I just can't trust professional football in St. Louis. Too much heartbreak to trust it again. And when you look at the football Cardinals leaving and when you look at the Rams leaving and then you look at what happened with the XFL, I totally buy that. If your heart has been broken too many times, it's uh, once burned twice or three times shy. I can see that. Wait, say that again? Yeah. If I just threw a bunch of cliches together there. Wait, what is if, that? Once burned, twice shy. I've never heard of that before. You haven't? Okay. So I've heard burn me once Shame on you. Burn me twice. Shame on me. I think it might have been fool me once. Shame on you. Yeah, I just added added burn. (laughs) Definitely just made that up right there. It works. That applies, right? Perfect, yeah. It totally applies. Here's Tim with a mic drop on 101 ESPN. (laughs) Randy, Michelle. (laughs) Caca! Once the Battlehawks come back, it's not their fault that there was a pandemic that made the XFL fold. I think the XFL understands that St. Louis is by far one of, if not the best, market to have a team in. And if the Battlehawks come back, I think St. Louis, and including myself, are going to welcome them back with open arms. Love the show, guys. Thanks. Thank you very much, Tim. And it, 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 the key for me, again, is getting Kurt Hunsicker. Get a St. Louis guy the St. Louis guy with this franchise and say, hey, they were there were extenuating circumstances. Like Tim said, nothing we can do about a pandemic. It was a business move on the part. We weren't going to be playing anyway. So it affected really us as workers. It was going to affect you whether the league went away either way. It didn't matter whether the league went into bankruptcy. Only The only people it mattered to were the league employees. From a fan's perspective, the league wasn't going to be there anyway. Sure. So it comes back after the pandemic, and hopefully after the pandemic is over, we have that. <laughs> and uh, the, the league comes back and buy in. I, it should be no different than any other league, except from a business perspective, it was gone for a while. Sure, and I think... What we've read about when the story broke, essentially, Vince McMahon, if if this does happen, understands that he's going to have to restore goodwill and good faith with the consumer, with the customers. And I'm sure there's people out there that are saying, hey, you know, I invested in this and I haven't gotten a refund yet. Or I financially poured into this and feel like I'm in a deficit, either financially, emotionally, whatever. But I think the fact that the XFL's approach at the beginning was this is going to be the most fan-friendly professional sports league and that they understand 
understand that they do have some goodwill to make up. There is, you know, something that they need to do to restore this excitement with the league. I think because they're aware of that and because of what we've already seen out of them, that they're going to take that very seriously and come up with a good plan if they come back. We always appreciate your mic drops and thanks for them. And we will be using them every day. Whatever you hear us talking about that strikes your fancy, feel free to drop us a mic drop and we'll always put you on the air here on 101 ESPN. We promise we talk about the 2022 Cardinals. Yesterday, Benji Molina broached the possibility of Yachty wanting to play in 2022. Should the Cardinals be looking at it that way? That's next on 101 ESPN. That was the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.